Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joseph. My pronouns are he, him. Hello, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Will. I'm back, bitches. Hey, Will. He, him. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I'm Dan. Pronouns he, him. Hi, Dan. Welcome, Dan. Oh, thanks, guys. Welcome. Yay. So we are joined tonight by Dan. He is the writer of The Zombie Game, a yeah. graphic novel that is currently on Kickstarter. Uh, we're supposed to be joined by his better half, but life happens. So, yeah, she's actually she she started a new job today uh, at at Activision. So, oh well, congratulations. Yeah. Yes. Well, that yeah. that's a, that's going to be in our in our next guest. Uh, <laughs> well, let's come out. Exactly right. It's like what's what's doing? What what's him? You know, let's get there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, she just started a new job, so she's like, uh, it's it's yeah. crazy, crazy. So I apologize. It's just me, but something will happen. <laughs> that's all cool. We totally understand, and we wish her well in her new job. And yes, uh, we are excited to talk to you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you must be very, very lonely. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm here. And uh, Craig, go fuck yourself. Yeah, there we go. See, wow. he's one of us already. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, um, as I am not... Related quickly. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, as I I'm am not the biggest follower... I'm trying really hard. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> Um, as I am not the biggest follower of zombie stuff, uh, yes. give me the pitch. What is the zombie okay. game? Tell our our listeners okay. what there it okay. is. So this is the long one, all right. So because my wife usually takes this part because she's much more prepared than I am. Um, a group of college students attend a, an end of the year blowout party, only to find themselves hunted by the rich in a live action zombie apocalypse video game. Um, so it's basically these kids, all these college students, different, you know, uh, group of them and they show up to this party and, you know, the, the, you know, music starts pumping, everything goes. And all of a sudden, uh, the sprinklers go off and this, they think it's going to be like ecstasy or something like that, but it's a, it's a drug and it turns a lot of the party goers into zombies, but some of them are immune. And then um, to add another wrinkle to this, somebody has created this and they are people that are paying to play and to uh, run the gauntlet through the zombie game. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, as a, it's a little different in zombie lore and I'm actually really proud and excited about that part. How does, it, how does the zombie lore different from what, differ from what we're used to? Okay, so a lot of times in zombie lore, it's it's either like a virus or um, 
or like a comet back in the day. Uh, but, um, you know, it, what ends up happening and one of the problems I've found with zombies is that once you kind of figure out what type of zombie it is, you kind of have a, you know, an answer to what to do with, uh, against them. You know, in uh, Train to Busan, which is a, a, a great movie, uh, you know, th- that's when you find out that they can't see in the dark. And, and that's when you see in uh, World War Z where they just charge through the, um, the, the sick people. And you're like, okay, now you have a recipe. Well, I kind of wanted to change that. Um, I wanted to play with that. And I wanted to have different kinds of zombies because the coolest thing is it's like you got a fast zombie and you got a slow zombie and you got a crazy zombie, you know, all this stuff. And I wanted to kind of put them in all together. And so like a level of a video game, the first level is easier and there's a puzzle and the second level is harder and it's a different, you know, and so you have to kind of, every time you go to a different level, you have to figure it out as opposed to, um, you know, just kind of, all right, now we just crack heads again. We just kind of do this on like on the walking dead. And so I was, um, I was very excited about that possibility of just kind of tweaking with it, but also, you know, having a lot of reverence for what zombies mean and all. So that's kind of the little different twist of it. Okay, that's I like that. I like that being a little bit more unpredictable and not knowing, you know, am I going to be able to outrun this one or not? Or is this one, you know, there's you got to figure it out as you go. That's that's interesting. Um, I think I, I made everybody speechless. <laughs> I to- no, I totally just lost my train of thought. I got distracted for a yeah. second. I was like, ah, I was going to say something and I lost it. Yeah, um, it's. It's really cool. The first level is like a, you know, a CDC center. It's all, you know, so you go into this party and you think it's, you know, you're like, oh, this is cool. And the second level is like a farmhouse and the third level is a, um, a, a you know, a, a mall. So like all traditional, you know, great zombie lore situations. And then, but there are these puzzles kind of like in Saw where it, you actually have to figure out how to get to the next level. All the while, you know, this game will end at some point. And so it's, you're, or, or, there's a bunch of, you know, it's, you're on a clock and all those kinds of things about, um, you know, you know, horror movies or zombie movies that are really cool, but I kind of got to, to play with them and, and not be, you know, just put into one little, um, you know, realm. Mm. So is is each book a level? No, the whole book is the whole thing. It's a complete it's it's a complete book. Um it's a you know it's it's over 100 pages and it, they go through all um all four levels um through this book. And so it, we we could we could have done it in different like, you know, there are like breaks, you know, kind of like loading screens for the next level, but we didn't want to do it in um you know, in, in, in like floppies where, you know, it's just 24 pages or whatnot. We wanted to give people the full story all the way through. And the cool thing is, is we can kind of, you know, write another one or use the concept for like the zombie circus, which you were talking about earlier, but um, (laughs) we can, uh, you know, you're, you're able to see like different ways to go about it. And, and since you're not limited to like, the entire world is full of zombies. Um, you can 
create all kinds of stuff, zombie island or, you know, werewolf island or whatever you really want to do because we've created uh, a drug as opposed to um, a specific virus. That's interesting. So you, you have got infinite possibility. That was the, that was, the, I was so excited because I had never really came up with anything that could be like, um, I guess, franchised or just like, you know, creating different things. Most of my stories have always been just, you know, like a, a straight up movie and everybody's like, well, you need a trilogy and you need something. I'm like, oh, I, I like, I, you know, I was an eighties kid. I like movies that ended <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, they, they just, now they just seem to keep going. Uh, but I liked that, you know, finality. And so I really wanted to have that there. There's, you know, of course there might be a cliffhanger or something, but, um, yeah, I was really excited about it. That is super cool. I just, uh, I, I was kind of thumbing through your Kickstarter, uh, mm-hmm. and I just came across the, um, the dog. Yes, that is, <laughs> he is, he is, um, well, and also you should check out the, the companion coloring book my wife made. She, she basically, it's the, it's the game through the dog's perspective. It's adorable. It is so cute. Um, and she oh, I just that. saw it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so she, and our dog is much lazier than the service dog in the book. <laughs> but he is the inspiration. And, uh. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. He's the service dog to our uh, lead, uh, Oz, who is a um, 32 year old freshman uh, who has um, who has been in the service in, in, in the army. And so I wanted to kind of, exp- you know, I, I went into the service when I was uh, right out of high school. And when I got into college, it was really weird being older and, um, you know, and more experienced in this world. Uh, I did not serve in Iraq or Afghanistan. I just want to be, you know, upfront, but, um, you know, that experience was, you know, it, it just, I didn't quite fit in. And so I, I used that, um, and kind of played with that. And so I gave him a service dog cause, um, pause for Patriots is something that I really, uh, am a big fan of. Yes, that is an excellent organization. That is very cool. Um, we've we've had uh, a few friends that that have been involved in one way or another, or wanted to get involved, and it's it's a very cool organization. Yeah, um, big time. So, uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, um, so, your wife did the coloring book. Talk to me about yeah. your crew. Are I'm assuming you're one of the yeah. writers. Yeah, uh, I, wrote, I wrote this crazy thing. Um, and I, I wrote it as a as a screenplay originally, and uh, so my wife was like, you know, zombies weren't in at the time because everybody had done zombies and they were too, and they were just like, oh, no one wants to do anything with zombies. And my wife was looking at it and she's just like, this. And she worked at Boom Studios, and she's done you know three or four different graphic you know, novels on her own and self-published. And she's gone to, you know, she had booths at Comic-Con and Kamikaze. And that's actually our, our third date was Kamikaze. And uh, so, yeah. Right. And so she (laughs) had a geek point. Yes. (laughs) Uh, She um, had, 
was like looked at the story and she goes this could be an amazing graphic novel because we were trying to figure out what to do with it and so she adapted it and then we were looking for an artist and we you know doing an independent comic you know we were thinking you know black and white you know sketches very you know um indie and cheap and she my wife was looking for for artists and all of a sudden we came across pablo and pablo's like his he's his art is just the best way to describe it is atmospheric and it's it's painted and his panels are just so amazing we were like wow this is not anything that i thought it was going to be but it's so cool so we were like all right we'll kind of go from there and and he had so many weird and and fun ideas like there's a fisheye page and his his uh the way he lays out the page and angles and stuff he just did it he has such an amazing eye and so we we've been going back and forth and then we found lucas and he's the letterer and he was able to not like the the bubbles and the balloons and the sound effects integrate that into this amazing art because we really were worried because some people were just really not taking care of the actual art because it's really gorgeous and so uh lucas was able to you know just bring it in and so we that's how we that's the team and i pretty much wrote it and then i was like ah my wife kept telling me it's like this is you have to look at it you know you can't do this and you can't do that and i'm like yeah 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 and then finally i'd see the pages i'm like oh yeah now i understand (laughs) because this was my first book so she um she really whipped me into shape and uh yeah uh, we're incredibly proud of it that is very cool how has it been working with your partner i know sometimes that can be an interesting journey uh lines of demarcation uh what and who does what and specifics we tried to write a story together and it was absolutely horrible um she outlines and has boards and has little cards and stuff i like basically walk around the house muttering to myself in the corner and I, i i I just, I have no idea what's happening. And she's over there, you know, like, you know, we got to beat this story out. And I'm like, I don't know what the story is. And <laughs> so we, we definitely uh, decided that would, was bad, but she and I, we both edit each other incredibly well. Um, I'm really good at dialogue and I'm really good at, um, you know, humor. She's really great at, uh, more literary prose and things like that. So, we're, you know, when knowing when and what to give. And so I had to, um, she had to show me a few times about what I was doing wrong in like the, in the book, in the actual script. But once I, once I understood, then it was like, yeah, okay. Um, because like, I don't like expositional dialogue as a like, you know, cause I've written screenplays and but you have to have some of that because you're, you're limited in panels. And I knew that like intu- intuitively, but like as a, like somebody that hates expositional dialogue, it was really kind of hard to get over. It's a pain in the butt sometimes, isn't it? It feels very unnatural. Yeah. Cause you're just like, just say no. <laughs> it's like, 
why do I have to explain my no? You know, and you know, like that's when you pan to the like, you know, the, the Domino's pizza box or something. He already ate. Now we know. It's like, no, you can't do that. And so it's just a very different um medium. And like luckily she had done this several times before. And we sent out the script to like legit uh comic book people and they like you know we vetted it through them and we had it edited through that and because we really wanted to do it well we just and we wanted to get some you know it's one of the reasons why the book is completed we didn't want to you know start this process now and then go get an artist or whatever it's like we really wanted to have it done so we're um we're really psyched about how it all came out that is very cool so you guys is this like is this your like core of your geekdom as kind of this the zombie horror thing? Uh, what's your give me the broad? Uh, how did you guys come into this world? Um, it's it's actually it's it's kind of not. Um, I like my geekdom is much more like Wolverine and stuff like that, and um, you know she's much more into independent comics and, and, and things of that nature. I, I, uh, you know, when I was in the army, I, I found comics and that was a big thing about my geekdom. And I have much more like, you know, eighties geekdom with, uh, the Goonies and, and, and weird things like that. I mean, I like horror, but I always was kind of, um, you know, uh, worried about it because it was always, I never really had a good story. I never really had anything to, bring to the genre um okay because i think that that's a big thing like you know there's always just going to be it's like you know you know you know there's a lot of zombie things because they're they can be done but i think that zombies and like monster movies or anything like that it's always better if it, if it means something and you know and 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 the th- what the theme is and i really wanted to look into that and so I was just kind of looking at, at different, you know, stories and that I wanted to do something cause I don't, I, I wanted to do something localized and I just kind of, there was this, the, at the time you had two things going on. You had Bernie Sanders and, you know, um, and the 1%, this was like, you know, he was going at, uh, cause this is, I, I started this a long time ago with Hillary Clinton and all that. And then you had like in Florida, people were eating other people's faces because of um, bath salts. Mm, Yeah, right. And so you're like, okay, these two weird things, do they fit? And my brain kind of did that. Um, But I'm much, you know, I I have a horror comedy now. I'm much more like somebody that likes horror comedy. But the thriller aspect of this just was so fun because I got to create this, this different levels of, um, things that I actually really respected. Um, and that's kind of how it all came about. Um, but yeah, it's actually kind of weird that I'm, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a a super, you know, uh, like I, I like horror, but I'm, it's, it's, but I consider this more like a, like a, like a thriller. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I have a question. You were saying. Uh, uh, so the kids that go to the party, 
yeah. don't become the zombies. They have to Correct. run from the zombies. Is that what I'm I'm getting? Yeah. So, so okay. most okay. Of the, most of the, so this is a weird thing. So like I found out that most uh, about thirty percent of people in our you know in the United States are immune to ecstasy because they are taking some sort of drug, uh, you know, like Adderall or antipsychotics or whatever. And PTSD, yeah, PTSD medications. And so college people, people at like high institutions of college, you know, that kind of thing, they are taking, um, they're up to 40%. So I looked at that and I went, okay, so you have these, some people that are immune because of what they're taking and other people who aren't. And then there's, they kind of find each other through like them being, them surviving. And I, I, I wanted everybody to be a little bit uh, messed up because I think that most of us are a little bit messed up. And, uh, you know, Terrence, who's the football player, he's on um, antidepressants because he, he blew his knee out and now he's not going to, you know, go in the draft. And Lisa's, um, she's uh, going to, she's in, she just got accepted to medical school, but she doesn't want to go. And, uh, she's on antidepressants and um, Megan who kind of got lost a little bit in the, in the book. Cause I had to uh, cut some stuff out, but she's uh, she's an artist who's on antipsychotics based off of a really good friend of mine. And so those people, they, they, they're naturally immune to a base drug of ecstasy. So I, I use that. And so there's other people who get attacked, but these are some of the people that survived the initial wave. And then after that, the gamers are released and they get to play with the survivors slash non-survivors. That is crazy sauce. I want to see that in a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, that was kind of the, uh, the original um, thought, but you know, my wife, you know, uh, because, you know, making a movie is so like crazy. Uh, we could finish this book just with like four of us. You know, making a movie takes a lot of other things, a lot of money. And this was like something that we could actually accomplish and get those those pieces together, too. And I, I yeah, it's pretty crazy, but I really I, I really um, yeah, I really love it. So uh, so so Dan's not just uh, a writer of uh, of this graphic novel. He's also uh, acted. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and what? I, oh, uh, well, I, uh, the biggest things I was on House of Cards and uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, uh, so those, and uh, I was actually Kiefer Sutherland stunt double for uh, two years on Touch. So. Take your geek points. Yeah, there's like, there's like three, four there. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, 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 I have heard rumors about Kiefer Sutherland about Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland and Galicia's father. Um, and what? Are, are the rumors about him true? Is he? Is, is, I've heard he can be a handful. Okay. So, um, yes, there are. Like, I, I don't know how far to go into that, but um, if you go too far, you can just go. I shouldn't say that, and we'll haggard it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Like, like, More work for Joe. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, he um he so on set he gets he he could be kind of 
if you're in your is in his eye line, and as an actor, I totally understand this because if you're looking at um if you're trying to act and you know screaming for help or whatever, or you know, you're you're trying to cry and there's a grip sitting there eating a sandwich and he's staring at you like, is you gonna get this scene done or whatever? I gotta go and he's on his phone. It's very annoying. Uh and it it, it takes his concentration out. And so he can be very aggressive that way. Um, you know, like get out of my sideline, you know, if I'm, if you're not ready, I'm not ready kind of thing. And cause he's come to work and that's what he's doing. Um, and he, he, there are like, you know, um, other stories of him, uh, you know, at, at the Dresden and, uh, different places, um, you know, being quite a handful. I, I never experienced that. Um, my experience with him was very different just because of how I got the gig. Um, yeah, it, it was just kind of random. Uh, and I didn't even know the full story until later. Um, his normal guy on 24 ended up like his wife went, so it's a horrible story, like ended up uh, like going into the hospital for something and then like died. So, oh my God. All Right. Yeah. Like it, it's like awful. And so I'm, I'm just this dude, I'm working at a restaurant right now. I'm, I'm, you know, I've done a few stunt things and I work for, work for a military tactical company and I get these phone calls and they're like, you know, you got to go, um, you know, go down to the studio and check. And, you know, it's like, you got the right hair, you got the right hair. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I got the right hair. They're like, oh, <laughs> I have this huge, like, you know, COVID beard at the time because my acting career was not going very well at that moment. So I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm just, you know, and I go down to the studio and they shave me and they cut it, my hair and they put lifts in my shoes and I'm standing there and that, and he walks by, looks at me and goes, okay. And then walks by. And I have no idea what's happening behind the scene. <laughs> I don't find this out until later. So everybody's looking at me like I shat on them. Cause I'm like, why does everybody hate me? And it wasn't because they hated me. It was just that I replaced the other guy. And so it was very awkward to say the least. Um, but they were, uh, but you know, it was, it was a very weird experience, uh, through the whole thing. And then I did some other, you know, uh, stunt gigs and, um, on, you know, I, I drove a lot. That was the best part. Like, you know, stunt driving is awesome. Um, Please tell me about stunt driving. Tell me about stunt driving. I always wanted to do that. It's so fun. And it's, it's, you have to be like soup, like, you know, and um, you have to be super controlled. Like people are like, yeah, woo, you know, screaming and like, I mean, people do that, but you have to like, okay, I'm at this point. I have to do this. All right. I'm going to hit this, uh, hit the brake. And you're like, you know, and especially when you're first learning, you're like, I'm at 14 miles an hour. All right. I can do this, you know, this 180, you know, and, and it's, it's, and then you're like, okay, 180, hit the back, you know, you know, hit the gas, spin out. And it's really fun. It's so fun, but it's also really scary when a bunch of like uh, background actors decide they're just going to like come out the door while you're supposed to be driving, you know, driving really fast through that area. Oh God. So, yeah. It's, ex it's incredibly stressful because you're, you're, you're driving this huge SUV and people just, you know, decide that they're going to be stars at certain points. And you are in the middle of all this, you know, basically driving this, you know, very fast 
tank that could hurt people and they assume that you're not going to. So um, you have to be very careful. It's sometimes it's just incredibly, incredibly stressful. But when you're training, it's incredibly fun. Oh God. The first to- time, oh man. The first time I saw like somebody actually take a car hit, I was on set at touch and Oh my God. Like uh, she was amazing. She, she was just such an incredible, um, she took that hit and like, she didn't move for Kiefer. So like Kiefer, like had, they had a safe word, but she actually didn't say the word that she was okay. So he freaked out and she got it on, on film and they're like, done, perfect print. He was so like, cause she took a hit, man. Damn. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. That is super cool. Did you go to school for stunt driving or just kind of fall into it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of, you know, uh, I went and then studied stunt, you know, I went and took, uh, different classes and stuff like that. Uh, seat time uh, was out here at, they had the, this, um, just awesome pad and you could just go out there and just train and, and drive and, you know, learn how to do everything. Uh, he's, the guy now is there's only a few places that you can actually do it and it's not cheap and it's incredibly hard to get into. Um, but it's pretty awesome just to kind of go through the basics and learn how to like, you know, just drift and, and do one eighties and three sixties and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe and I were just talking about, uh, stunt driving. When yeah. were we like what Sunday yesterday? Uh, yeah. It's anytime we anytime we catch a commercial and it's always you know stunt professional driver on closed set and it's like how does one become professional driver? Well, it's it's usually it's usually like um, I have a friend that was in the the Fast and Furious group um, driving for that. Uh, Bill, he he was in that group, and there's different like you know that's what they do. They have like their their crew. To break into those, it's like everything in Hollywood is is who you know and mm-hmm. you know and family, um, because family is you know it's second third generation. These are all people who are craftsmen. You know they they teach their crafts to the next generation. Like the bet, like the guy who was teaching me was the son of the guy, and so it was just it was really interesting that you you know and when I went to the my first driving audition he was there and it's like that dude taught me how to do this he's gonna get it and he did because he's like you know he's amazing so it, it oh and uh yeah one of the, the guy who flipped this thing in the dark night like those guys are just absolutely insane so it's it's you kind of have to get in I'm, like i have some buddies that are stunt uh stunt doubles and stuff on different shows and like it's really hard to get your foot in the door because they're very it's very isolated, but if they trust you and you show up and you do a good job, they will hire you again and again. So it's one of those types of things. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've known a lot of people that have trained as stunt people uh, mm-hmm. in my life. And, and it's, they all say the same thing. It's like, you can train forever and ever and ever, but if you don't get just that right in to yeah. get into the industry, it can be very yeah. difficult. That's just like, you know, it's, it's just like everything else. You know, you also have to, you have, you have to hustle, you know, you just have to go out and hustle and it's, it's not, it's not easy. And it's, it's, 
you know, you have to show up and, you know, uh, yeah, stunt, stunt work. Although, um, I've, I've had some friends do well, uh, like a, a buddy of mine, Chase is, you know, he's been busting his ass for a long time, but he, uh, he's basically all the stuff like in black Hawk helicopters and they're doing the speed roping. He's doing all that now. Like, he's, oh, wow. That, he's the guy. Like, so he, the, everywhere they do something like that with helicopters or whatnot, he's the rigger. And so he, he, you know, he did it for 10 years and no one, you know, cared. And now he's got his own company and, and, and killing it. So it's, you know, and if, so I, I ended up, uh, <laughs> I actually got run over by a car a few years ago, like in for real. Um, God. so I had to stop doing stunt work cause you know, it, it, it reality got in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my old hurts, you know, um, so I, I like ended up having, you know, it took me about three, four years to heal. Um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so you have to be able to, I have friends that are, are, that do well. It's just, it, it takes a long time and it's, you know, your, your life cycle is pretty, pretty low. Yeah. So work does a number on your body. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how careful you are, no matter how well trained you are, you will destroy your body doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, I am I am living proof of that. <laughs> oh, did you did you did you do stunts? I did for a little while. I did for Renaissance fairs. I did a lot of uh medieval oh. and Italian sword work and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, not yeah. quite the same, uh, but similar training. Yes, yes. I, I, I started off doing uh like uh stage combat work with yep. uh here and and, and and broadswords and stuff like that. That's kind of how yeah. I got into doing any of that very cool who was your instructor oh god it was up in uh, act his name was andrew it's been so long i'm so old ah, my brain um yeah i think it was andrew shit can't okay yeah, that's i got <laughs> that guy <laughs> there's a lot of really really good instructors out there was it safd uh no it was actually at act Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, right. You said that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. I'm gonna stop talking now because, like, I'll go on forever about stunt work. But uh, I, I think, I think though, from from looking at analytics, anytime we've talked about stunt work or or the the fight stuff we did with the Renaissance fairs, people seem to uh, seem to like it. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. In other words, if it ain't broke, don't right. fix it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, all of my training is um, Society of American Fight Directors. Okay, uh, yeah. What SAFD is for those of our listeners who did not know. Yes. Um, and um, yours is ACT, if you want to explain that yeah, to our... Yeah, the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Yes, which um, is so much cooler. Yeah, it, it, was, it was... That's kind of how I got into the whole, you know, acting and everything. And that's... Acting and, and stunt work kind of brought me to writing because, like, that evolution of like I'm not getting much acting work. Maybe I should write something for myself. And then realizing that writing for myself sucks because all I want to do is act, and it's not really a good story. So, <laughs> um, I ended up having to like actually learn how to write, uh, and that was really different um, because you know, as like 
as an actor, you just want to like scream and yell Stella all the time, right? But um, <laughs> you know, slam your fist in the marriage story. <laughs> um, I hit the wall, but as like a, a writer, you actually have to, you know, it's the stories, you know, the story's the thing. And so it, it was a very interesting, like, like once I actually wrote my first script that I wasn't involved with is when I think I actually became a writer. Um, and then I just actually started to get better um, because it's just so much different when you're trying to put yourself in it and see how cool you could be or whatever you could do. But when you're actually writing the story and it doesn't matter, it's so much better. Yeah, I did. That's that's something that happens a lot when you start when you start writing scripts. You tend to write for yourself first, and then you realize, oh wait, I can step out of this. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's and, when I think that, that that's when you actually are a writer, as opposed, you know, it's like because most of the time when you're trying to do it for yourself, you're you're going for some of your strengths or what you think is cool, but yeah. a lot of a lot of times that's not the best thing to write for that character in that situation. You know, there are a lot of people I could, I don't want to like blast anybody, but you know, you're, you're, you're like, and then there's people who do it like incredibly, incredibly well, like Taylor Sheridan. That dude is amazing. That guy is an incredible writer and he's done his own stuff. Um, you know, like he wrote hell or high water, which is like just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, movie. So, Sorry. Sorry, I said so. I meant I didn't have anything else after that. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. You know, what happens every once in a while, and Joe will probably cut this out, what happens every once in a while is that we, one of us will get on a roll of talking, and then we'll stop, and everybody else is like, is she going to ask another question? No, okay, I'm going to pick up. So there'll be a lull. But it gets cut out, so it looks like we're really smooth when we really oh, good, good, have good, no good, idea good. what we're doing. Like because Joe, Joe like, is just awesome at editing. Like yes. yes, no, yes, no. All right, good. Good <laughs> with Dan here. Joe will thank, make us. Thank all God we have Joe because <laughs> if it wasn't for him, we would be. Oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe's the real MVP here. Right, thank, you. thank you very much. Yeah, if we if, when we end up yeah, like not that fucking Craig guy though, Craig. Right? Yeah, Fuck that guy, but. <laughs> Yeah, when the world is no longer on fire and we start doing conventions and stuff again, we're screwed. <laughs> we're gonna just have we have people ask us questions, so we can just go, okay, next question. <laughs> uh, speaking of next question, um, so so Dan, I was looking around and uh, I, I saw your web series. Yes, uh, oh my god, yes. small dude. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, so can we we get a little little info about what the fall dude is? Yeah. So basically, the fall dude is, <laughs> is my uh, me becoming a stunt is basically kind of me becoming a stunt man, you know, through happenstance. And he's an actor, and uh, he, he gets a phone call just like I did, and then all of a sudden, he's <laughs> like expected to do actual stunts. Um, and it was, uh, it, it's three episodes and it was just something that I actually really, um, it's done fairly well and I, uh, it's a comedy and I just thought it was so ridiculous. 
um, you know, it's like, all right, well, good luck with that. And so like I, uh, I got set on fire and I got beat up by a friend of mine and it was just really, um, fun to kind of create that. There, there were a few things that I wanted to do, uh, you know, and, and make, and, and that one was like the only web series I ever came up with a, a decent idea. And, uh, I thought, it, you know, it's kind of, um, what is it? Uh, like what's that guy the well it's kind of the you know the the fall guy and then there was super dave osborne so it's kind of yeah. kind of mix and match those two so so mix of uh was it lee majors was the fall guy yeah yeah lee majors and then uh super dave osborne i can't and yeah but yeah it's it's fun it's just a fun little uh little you know little little web series and it was three episodes and, and are we, are we done with that? Or is it something that maybe you'll come back to or. Well, I, a lot of like friends want me to do more. I'm not really, um, I don't feel physically like I sh can do some of the stuff that I used to do still. I, I mean, like I, I, I got hit pretty hard. And so there was like, you, Oh, you could use a dummy like super Dave and you could do different things. But, um, I wanted to tell, and that's kind of one of the reasons why it was fun and I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but I wanted to tell stories like complete stories and I wanted to tell, um, I think more important stories or stories that mean something more to me. And, you know, cause the, the theme of the zombie game is that you can beat, you can beat them at their own game. Like that's the whole idea is that there are people that are, set out with more advantages than you and and in situations and they know what's going on or have this but you can still win and now it's kind of like the theme of that book and so each one of mine uh the things that i create or write or ever has to have some sort of more of an and it doesn't have to be like great like like it's genius because my my latest thing is a horror comedy with um you know, veterans and werewolves, but, um, it's just something that I want to say, and I want to say it in a complete manner because unless, um, you know, if, you know, to write a pilot is, is, is really hard because you're just it, this, you, nothing ever finalizes, nothing ever ends because you have to leave all these storylines up and about and everything like that. And, and when I write like a script, uh, or something like that it's 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 done and it's over and I, I like that finality of it no I, I I totally get that it's uh you know it's why um we we, we used to joke on the show uh about the good place um mm -hmm. be, well it, it starts from years ago uh our for one, one of our other hosts uh Pete uh got me on to uh, he and some friends were doing a, some gaming on Twitch. And while we were vamping for time while getting things set up, he just kept referencing the good place on NBC over and over again. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, but then in like reading about how the creator of that show had like a five season, a five yeah. season story, that's, that's what he wanted. And I guess like, and I was reading a story and like NBC came to him and was like, Hey, we would love for you. To, and he was like, no, 
I did the, I, I told the story I wanted to tell. I'm done. That's, that's just, that's the same thing with, um, uh, with Shit's Creek, you know, yeah. they, they could have got, keep, kept going, but he was like, it's over. And that's what happened and didn't, they didn't do well with like lost. Cause like the first season and a half no. was like awesome. And then all of a sudden they were like, I don't know where this is going. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we would like to talk about that last season of Lost. Yeah, I mean, like you can you can go, you know, a few seasons before that, but I mean that last season was just incredibly horrific, all over the place. Yeah, you know, is there ever really a bad? Is there ever really a good last season? It's been a while. I mean, I mean, Shit's Creek was fun, you know, um, because you, you you know when when it is something that is um they don't try to they try to end on a high note you know that's something you know um when you just keep beating a dead horse it's pretty rough yeah Uh, i think the last the the last good last season i i think was maybe fresh prince Mm. it's been a minute yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's funny because it's like um i don't know why this was on my mind like the other day like how like the British series with the exception of Dr. Who, you know, oh. the British series all are like one, two, maybe three seasons at most, excuse me, series at most. Um, and, and they're done. They wrap up They're they're, you know, they told the story we're in and out. We're done. You know, where it seems like the American TV model and I guess mm. TV slash streaming since. Yeah. It's gotten, streaming now. It's gotten so confused now because. Yeah. You know, it used to go like if you went five seasons, you got syndicated and then you were just printing money. So that's yeah. like back in the day, they would just try to go as long as they could. Yeah, yeah that's 100 episodes, wasn't it? It was something like 100 yeah. episodes. What ended up happening is like you have these these actors on, um, you know, you're, you after like season two, you lose money because everybody starts to restructure their deals. So until you get to five, that no man's land is death for a producer because you're not making any money. So um, that's why it's, they cut after two, but now they just cut after like, if you're not getting anything or they do these limited series, which are great for producers and whatnot, but are awful for the actors. So it's really, um, and that's a whole nother, like another, you know, chat, but yeah, it's, it's the, how everything is going now and just like putting up a limited series on like I wrote the zombie game as a limited series too, like eight episodes because that was where everything was going. Um, you know, because they just want to buy it and then put it up and just have it in perpetuity. Yeah. That's, that was, that's, that is, that is a change to the business. Cause you, you know, you're right. Like you had to get the hundred episodes to get to reruns, syndicated reruns. Right. And, you know, and then around there, that's when you start getting the Cousin Olivers and... Uh, yeah. yeah, you get some points. really crazy stuff. Well, yeah, and and now they don't, like, when you get a, a buyout for, like, Netflix, you're not making any money. And and those people are, like, everybody's going to the Disney model with the Disney Plus uh, kids is that they don't have to, because they're, they're, they own it on their platforms now, so they don't have to pay the residuals that they used to used to pay and it, it's this weird like like fluctuation as like people who worked in the industry that now it's really 
separated. Uh, like how who's actually making the money? That's why all the you know that the actors are that make money are the executive producers because they're like you know because um, that's they're getting the producer credit and that's where the, the money's coming from. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. All right, so yeah. very not much zombies right now, but <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's interesting to get a to you know that one of the things we've been we've talked about on the show uh, off and on. Um, and it good. It goes back to a quote, or not a quote so much as uh, we're we're all pretty good sized Kevin Smith fans, and oh, yeah. and and one of the things he he said uh, on one of his podcasts was you know people looking to get into you know storytelling you know instead of trying to chase a movie you know where it's you know a a ton of money that you you're trying to then you know push material into that hour and a half, two hour stretch, you know, go, go sell your, go sell it as like a, you know, eight to 10 episode limited series or, you know, to one of the streaming services. And that way you have like five movies worth of time to. Right. Yeah. He, he's absolutely right. That, that because the, the model has like imploded, you know, the whole concept of, and, you know, DVD sales and all those other ways of, of, revenue the problem is is that um you know a lot of people think that you know oh i'll get my movie on netflix but the problem that people some people are paying to have their movie up on netflix you don't get any money back it's um you know vod you get money back there's different ways but it's you're never going to see that so you kind of actually do have to sell it as a limited series it's just really hard to do that um i mean remember like house of cards when that came out, it was like they went to every, mm-hmm. every you know, um, every studio, and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. So Netflix was fine. You know, we need something legit. We'll yeah. let you do you know all the episodes, and that kind of changed everything. But like as the actor, you get buyouts um, for those. As stunt people, you get buyouts for those unless you're a producer. So you're not. If you were on the same show on, you know, CBS, you'd make tons more money. However, not as much anymore because they don't really rerun them like yeah. they used to. Like if you were on an episode of Murder She Wrote, you would make so much money because <laughs> they played that three, yeah. four times, you know, the, during the year, reruns, whatever, and all that kind of stuff. And and but now it's it's very, very, very different. Um, but it, it's but trying to create the IP that because no one wants to, no one wants to take a chance on stories unless they are coming from like somebody like Kevin Smith. That's something new. They want something that um, like the IP and that's why the IP wars, you know, people are like the Marvels and the DCs and um, you know, boom and and image and all that stuff. That's where like IP is coming from. Yeah, I, I mean, I, when you think about it, for the smaller comic book, I mean, and I guess you could throw Dark Horse and IDW into there. Yeah. Like those, those, uh, those companies are are you know because now that you know Disney is fully you know fully has locked Marvel and you yeah. know HBO Max fully locked DC. If you're you know Amazon or um, you know any of the other streaming services netflix whatever you need to find property somewhere and it's the smaller the smaller 
publishers are, are probably your go-to or independents. Well, the, so the, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, that's why they're doing the wheel of time series. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's going to be, I, I, I love the series up until like Robert Jordan went crazy. Um, but, uh, I, I don't see that translating like they think like game of Thrones did, um, you know, books and those kinds of things, but also, um, the other thing about independent publishing is that a lot of times the writers and creators don't own the rights at all. Yeah. Like certain, you know, and that's, um, you know, that's terrible. It's terrifying, you know, to get a book deal and then they make a movie of your or, or whatever and you don't own any of it. Yeah. And so it's, it's really uh, crazy. Yeah. I, 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 I guess that's where like, you know, someone like uh, Robert Kirkman with The Walking mm -hmm. Dead. I mean, luckily he was with Image. He owns his he owns his property, and I think at this point is you know can do the yeah. Scrooge McDuck and into the uh, money bin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very few and far between creators actually, um, you know, own their own. Yeah. Stuff. And that's kind of why we went. Uh, the independent route, you know, and we're kind of self-publishing this is just because, we, you know, just, um, you know, I, I wanted to own it. It's my, it's my story, you know, we want, you know, and I wanted it. The other thing is, is that I wanted to present it in the way that I wanted to present it. So if it actually did ever something else happened, you know, it's like um, somebody was kind of somewhat interested and they're like, uh, we like it, but we hate the title. And it's like, okay, um, you know, uh, that's fine. But this book, this run, it's going to be the way and the title that I came up with. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, I, I that that that's the part that often uh, is a lot of folks understand. You know, there, like we said, there's there there are the exceptions, the few and far betweens, and then there's you know. You know, uh, when uh, Marvel, you know, when Marvel decides, or actually it was Marvel, I guess I would say Fox decides that they're going to do, you know, Days of Future Past, they're not sending, you know, uh, Byrne and, and uh, Bendis, uh, you know, a check for that. It's, we have the storyline, we have the characters, we can do whatever yeah. we want. Yeah. It's, it's, you would think that the creators would get something. Um, but that's just not how it works. Yeah, I, I again going back to one of Kevin Smith's podcasts, he had uh, Denny O'Neill on the one time talking, and and Denny O'Neill talked about no, not Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, uh, and Neil Adams talked about um, being at DC right before the 1978 Superman movie came out. Mm, and, oh, and Neil Adams was one of the people because Neil Adams had gone back and forth from commercial art to comic books and back and forth. And when he was like hearing what the numbers were for how much the movie was be, you know, the budget and all that. And he was like, what, where's what's uh sequel and Schuster getting? And they're like, Oh, they, it was work for hire. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the people who helped spearhead getting them something. Cause I think at the time, like both of those gentlemen were, you know, living on fixed incomes, just mm. barely, you know, just barely scraping by. I think one of them was, you know, rationing medication and everything. And it was like, yeah. these two guys made 
your company. You know, without without yeah. Superman, there is no DC Comics, and right. You know, and he was part of the 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 drive to get them. Uh, you know, not only the the financial due that they're due, but uh, he was one who got the stipulation in, or he was part of the team that got the stipulation in that anytime Superman is used, mm-hmm. that there is the credit created by uh, by Siegel and Schuster. Yeah, uh, it's it's, but it, it, they had to be championed by somebody. Yeah, was, yeah. and that's that's because most of the time you you aren't. Um, yeah. So that's you know just a little inside baseball. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where you, you again you you like to think that people are recognized and rewarded for their you know their talents and it just not that's, quite the case. Well, that's that's what that's the idea, right? That's the ideal. That's yeah. what we all think. You know, I mean, we all grew up, and I think you know all. Or I don't want to, my parents told me if I worked hard and I I did the right things and all those kinds of things and. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that good things would happen. And then there's the thing called life and nepotism and all the other things that are a part of life too, that, you know, um, aren't necessarily true. And so, yeah, it's, it sucks uh, that people that, you know, this is the other thing, like, you know, um, the artists, they don't get snot. Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, we, we were very up, you know, because that's a big thing. People don't want to deal with multiple people owning projects and you know, things like that. So it's like work for hire, and you're just basically, you know, uh, it's it's pretty crazy what um, how it, like the business side of of this whole thing is. You know, like DC is not making. I mean, they're not making any money. They're just making content, or you know. Get, keeping them afloat right now with uh, IP, you know, yeah. it's, it's the other stuff that's making the money. Um, comics aren't making anything. It's, 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 it's really incredible. Like how this is all shaken out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much uh, commoditized uh, uh, intellectual property. It's, you know, yeah. turn, you turn it out cause you got to feed it to the bigger conglomerate that now owns you. Yeah. And that, it stifles like things, you know, that's the other, like studios aren't owned by people anymore. They're owned by, you know, giant, giant multi corporations. And they don't care about like, I don't know. Like I always think about the, the fifties and the seventies where movies were kind of evolved. Right. Mm -hmm. And they had, they had their, their way of doing things, but at certain points, a lot of people were able to, you know, kind of break in and talent rose to the top and all these other kinds of things. And we've definitely devolved that into, you know, an an IP race as opposed to like just being able to, you know, like a great movie, you know, Goonies isn't based on anything. You know, it's like, you know, it's not, there's no, there's no IP there. It was just a great movie. Um, You know, those kinds of things. Um, we would have lost a lot of great things if it was only based on what there was already. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, that was, I was actually thinking about, you know, I remember as a kid, uh, you know, seeing the, you know, 
the 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 ua for you know united artists and then like going and learning like the history of it i'm mm-hmm. i'm a geek so you know yeah. and how you know it, it was basically founded by actors because they wanted to have a little bit of say in their lives you know sort of like sort of like the same as um you know image comics you know it was yeah. it was writers and draw and an artist wanting to have control over their work and you know now i believe united artists is a uh, a, a division of MGM, which I think is now a division of somebody else. So it's yeah. Yep, Disney. I don't know if it's Disney or yeah, not sure on that one. Dan, yeah. they seem to be it's doing a pre- everything. It's a pretty oh, good bet as it's owned by the mouse. <laughs> Everything's owned good by bet. the mouse. Yes. Um, you seem to be doing a pretty good idea of of keeping your intellectual property yours and uh, kind of safeguarding that for yourself because you've been in the industry. What advice would you give to creators out there that are just starting out that want to keep their art as theirs, whether they're artists or writers or whatever it is? Well, I I think that the biggest thing is, you know, um, I guess so... It's kind of a weird, um, if you want to really make sure that it's yours, cause like boom has an idea and they take your IP, but they, you become somebody, uh, you, you won't, they'll take that IP, but they'll like, you know, kind of help you. And it's a springboard to a different, you know, um, realm. So there's different ways, like the, the old term, you know, the first one you get fucked and then, you know, the next one's for you. Uh, so there's that avenue of, you know, maybe you just want that into the world so that that creates um, something for you and other opportunities that doors open because that's a huge thing. You know, um, whether you make money off that first thing or not, that's um, that's something else. Uh, but if you want to keep your IP, then you have to be very careful about who you partner with. We partner with a company called Macroverse and um, they do digital comics. Uh, it's really, really pretty cool. The technology and stuff is, is really awesome. And then um, looking at publishers, cause we were looking at publishers of like, what, 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 what do they own and what do they don't? And when, when does it end? And when do you, does it come back to you? And, you have to be very conscious of of what the terms are and what you want out of that thing because if because a lot of times and this comes along with this is that is it precious is this like if if this is your rocky and this is your greatest thing and you don't want anybody to take it and you want to hold on to it that can be a really bad thing also but sometimes it's rocky so you have to really understand if this is something that's going to um, help you in your long-term career or be something that you really want to have control over. And that's really about you as a creator because sometimes we are way too precious about things um, and don't want things to change, but um, then you can get screwed on the back end. Um, because basically everybody wants to screw you if you have something they want. Um, and it's your job to realize that and then have to, um, navigate those things and those waters. 
Um, you know, it's once you get into a certain level of needing lawyers and rights and all these other things, you know, you're spending thousands of dollars um, on a possibility and you're, 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 you're having to put out this money for these lawyers and these lawyers. And do they really care? Are they any good? Do they, are they working for the other side? I mean, I've dealt with all of those kinds of things. And so it's, it's, you, you can, and you can cover your ass as much as you can and just realize that you did the best job that you could at the time. Uh, because it's a, you know, just like anything, it's, 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 it's not show art, it's show business, you know, it, it, it's, it can be pretty brutal. Um, so that's, um, you know, it's pretty shitty advice, <laughs> but, um, you know, but the best part about that is that you can do stuff like Kickstarter and you can make it the way you want to make it. And you can find an audience that's not as big, but is passionate about things that you create. And that's why we're, you know, um, you know, you have the whole question of like, should certain people be on Kickstarter or not, but you can go direct to, to consumers and share your ideas with them. Um, that's a personal decision on if you actually want to keep it or not and what you want out of it. I have to say, um, and, and you're, you know, we've had several uh, indie comic creators on, uh, especially those doing their Kickstarters. And um, it's always so, um, and, and this is going to be some some kudos for you and Emily and the team. Um, it is always so refreshing to see that, you know, the book's done. It's yeah. ready to, you know, it's ready to go. It's, it's you know, and, and you guys have taken care of, of the team around you. And, you know, we've, you know, whether it was Jason Lennox or Andrew or any of the other, any of the other ones we've had on where it's like the book's done. We're just, you know, we're just looking to cover like the printing yeah. and shipping costs. And, yeah. you know, that always, that, that makes me feel, feel really good about having, you know, that, that says you guys have, are, are, are pot committed, uh, to, yeah. you know, to go. I, I think that that's, you know, I, I, I didn't want to like, you know, back in the day everybody had a kickstarter for like you know my short film and things never happened and things didn't get made or whatever and you know i, I just i i wanted to have it done like i didn't care about anything else but having it completed and in, in our hand and that's why emily was so um upfront about like this is you know we can do this on our own we don't need anybody else you know, we need a, you know, whatever we need an artist and a letter, but we can control these things. And, and that's the beauty of, um, like a graphic novel or a novel is that you can really do a lot more on your own when you're, you know, when you're selling a script and all the other kinds of things, and you don't have those, those connections, it's a, it's, it's hard, but you can complete something and it's done. And I, it's, and it's, I'm proud of it. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we, if we were going to do it, we were going to do it right. And we were going to do it well. And we didn't want to put up the Kickstarter until it was done because we just want to print it and get it to your, you know, and, you know, people seem to like it. I, I love it. Um, we've had really good reviews and the art is pretty sweet. So, um, but yeah, like you kind of, it's it's just covering the cost of of actually printing and and 
you know, because I don't think, you know, we'll recoup um, what we put into it, but that's not really the point. All right, guys, we got we got anything else or we want to make a move to the geek news? <laughs> yeah, that, got, that got real, real fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. The real world sucks sometimes. It just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's important too, as as veteran creators, for us to pass down that kind of knowledge. Very true. All right, geek news. Ready for geek some geek news? news. Excellent. Uh, who would like to go first? Not it. Not it. <laughs> Been gone for a little while. I'll go first. I have no major news. I have a bunch of funny, cool shit. Yay! Uh, funny, cool yeah. shit. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure Joe's got my helicopter news. No, so. sir. I, I did not take that one because, sir, perseverance is yours. I personally oh, did not see. take that one either because I knew you would want it. Oh, see, this I didn't pull it up because this is. I didn't <laughs> pull it up because you guys will all. One of the two of you would have had it. So I, I will. Made it I, on tonight, I would have covered it, but with you being on. I, I I will I, I I will pull it off the top of my head. Uh, we we have now had powered space flight on an, a, a powered flight on another planet. Yeah. Uh, Perseverance. Uh, sorry, ingenuity. I yes. believe is ingenuity. Uh, took off. It rose to about, if memory serves, to about twenty feet. Uh, hovered for about a. a a minute, I'm gonna say, uh, and then landed again, and they started running more tests. So, powered flight on another planet, humans spreading to another planet again. Mm. But wow. hey, we can do it. <laughs> we can fly an RC helicopter on another planet. That's so freaking cool. <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, it's just astounding. Now, if only yeah. we could, I don't know, you know, focus on the, the, the you know, cleaning up this one. That, right? That'd be great. No, can you? It's like when you have small children and you clean up one room and then you turn around and the other yeah. room is a mess again. <laughs> can you? Can we keep this planet clean before we go to another one? Nah. <laughs> no, we're going to leave our toys all yeah. over that planet, too. Yeah, we, we this this is just a receptacle for all the plastic. That's uh, <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be one plastic planet someday. Yeah, yeah it it really is. Uh, we do have some breaking news. Breaking oh. news. Breaking Don't news. Uh, it, it, this is like uh, two hours old. Um, Into the Spider Verse Two has a directing team. Yes. Oh shit! Cool. Yeah. Joachim De Santos, uh, from the original Spider, uh, from the blah 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 blah. blah. English Justice League Unlimited, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and Legend of and Voltron will mm. be joined with Kemba Powers, who uh, was part of the uh, the part of the uh, production uh, design team from the original uh, Spider-Verse movie, and Justin Thompson, 
will round out, and that's from and he's from Seoul, so Kent Powers okay. is from Seoul. I'm sorry, uh, and Justin Thompson. I mean, it's a yeah, it's good team. You know, I'm 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 intrigued. You you have my attention, Sony uh, Animation. Yeah. Uh, if only the rest of the company could get their shit together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a new uh, a new Star Trek documentary coming out uh, called "Women in Motion" or "Woman in Motion." I am sorry, uh, Nichelle Nichols. Star Trek and the remaking of NASA is uh, the title. Did uh, we have a guest who told us who was it that uh, told us about it early on? Blythe. Was it Blythe? I want to say it was Blythe. I want to say it was Blythe. She had mentioned it, but she had mentioned it, and we looked at we couldn't find anything on it. So you finally found something on it. That's cool. I do, because it has a premiere date. Uh, Thursday, June 3rd. Putting that on uh, my calendar. It will come out. Uh, Woman in Motion, Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek, and the remaking of NASA explores how the sci-fi icon brought diversity to America's space race. Uh, the trailer for the documentary, which will air exclusively on Paramount Plus, money to go spend, tells the story of how Nichols, who originally played iconic Tress's run of the iconic Starfleet communications officer, Lieutenant Noyota Uhura, uh, and the franchise in the original series and the franchise's six uh, remains to leave an impact on the Star Trek franchise. That is super cool. Oh, I just found the trailer for it too. There you go. Out. I'm so excited. So, new stuff coming. Uh, that it will be an interesting watch to be sure. Um, so we, you, you got we, we, we were talking earlier about you know we just have to have IP and we're gonna buy up all the IP possibly yes. get our hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rob, Rob Zombie is gonna. Uh, reboot the monsters. Oh wow! Uh, oh, let me say uh, that. Ag- let me say that again. We're without it, the pauses of the unbelievability. Rob Zombie is rebooting the monsters. Oh my! I, this is something I didn't know I needed. Um, I can see this going in such a horrible, horrible, interesting, crazy way. I'm now, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. My source is Loudwire. Okay. Not 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 the most reliable of sources, but they got it from bloody disgusting that on uh, on Monday, April nineteenth, was at the solo artist and former white zombie band leader, also known horror movie devotees for his Firefly trilogy. Uh among other scary things, would most likely make the monsters as a peacock exclusive to premiere on the streaming and in theaters at the same time. So apparently it's going to be a movie. This is either going to be amazing or a complete train wreck. Either way, I want to watch it. Yeah. There are so many questions I have. Such as? Tone. Are Are we keeping it as a comedy or you know are we, are we going like i i can't honestly say i've seen any of rob's yeah but I, from what i'm gathering he doesn't do camp yeah i was gonna say i you know i've seen a lot of rob zombie stuff and yeah 
One thing he isn't is funny. I mean, I mean, there's mm. he he does he does delve a little into the the, the very dark humor. Dark, you know, dark, yes. dark, yes, he dark, does. You know, cannibal, yes, interesting family dynamics. Um, but like, I'm I'll see him doing camp because that's what that's what monsters are. It, it's it's camp yeah. comedy. No, I very uh, campy. Like, like, are we going to witness Grandpa, like, you know, dragging off somebody to drain them of their blood while, you know, little Eddie, uh, you know, shifts into his, you know, child size werewolf form? That's, yeah. See, that's like, that's what's going on in my head is like, is he going to take this and like, do, like, put his, his very realistic, very gritty spin on it? His wife is in it, by the way. I just found something that says that uh, his wife is playing Lily Munster. Yes. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips will be Herman Munster. Sherry Moon Zombie is set to be Lily Munster. Uh, uh, The other, the remaining cast that is reported is Dan Roebuck, uh, Jorge Garcia, and Richard Brake. Uh, Also, uh, Cassandra Peterson. If you hey. don't know that name, uh-huh. I'm going to break it down to you. Elvira, Mistress El- of the Dark, El- is also El- supposed to be playing a supporting role. That's <laughs> it's sorry, Elvira and supporting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, we all be mindful of the source, but hey, you know it's it's a funny it's a funny thing to talk about. That is I'm, interesting. I'm just, Man, they're like poor Marilyn Munster. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even really know what to say about that. I'm I'm kind of in charge. I just, um, yeah. Oh, I, I, oh no, it gets better. It gets better because <laughs> oh, I have another. I have another. I have another story. Oh, of another oh. movie. Oh no, for more IP that just has to get gobbled up because we have to have yeah. the IP. Yeah, uh, Vin, Vin Diesel's going to be starring in a new live action. I saw this one. I almost covered it. I was going to. Are you? Uh, we do this all the time. We really need to talk more. Go <laughs> ahead. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, Rock'em. Sock'em. Robots. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, didn't we already have this back like 10 years ago? Yeah. No. In like, a movie called Real Steel. It, yes, it's essentially it, it, the same damn thing. Right. And, it was and, really and, re- good. and reading the synopsis that that the I, I've seen in a couple articles, it sounds like real steel. Like, and, and just just to just to be just to be clarifying, I didn't get this from Livewire or some. No, IGN. Yeah, I I got I saw it on on Sci-Fi. So I saw it on Geek Tyrant. <laughs> and so and there you go. Um, did, did you know that the little robots had names? The, the Rock'em Sock'em robots? I did not. Yes. Apparently, they have names. It's oh, the Red talking. Rocker and the Blue Bomber. Huh. It's I, not I, very I, original, I've... by the way. I'm sorry? <laughs> it's not very original. <laughs> just, like, to throw that out there, it's like, you know, one was named Tim, and the other one's like, I, you know, it's like, you're just going alliteration and whatever. <laughs> it's not even, you're not even trying. Hey, man, it was like the 70s when it came out. 
I'm impressed that Mattel uh, even bothered to give them names, okay? Right. 19, and I am 1964. Going to, 64 was the 60s. Wow. wow. Um, but I am going to give you a geek point for finding out their names because that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Don Draper reached <laughs> out. Uh, so it, I, I don't, you know, I, what the hell? Why not? I mean, it can't be any worse than Battleship. Oh, God. No, actually, don't, it, it, it don't can, but. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that out in the universe. I want to see how much money can can Universal spend on to make it really, really horrible. Uh, so horrible, in fact, that they don't even put uh, they don't put it in their own theme parks. So, so here, okay. So here's here's my thing, though. It's a Vin Diesel project, correct? Uh huh. Is he, uh-huh. he, he he's producing as well as acting and whatnot? Is yeah, he? he's gonna. He he will own the IP or something. He it, probably yeah. I, I'm just hey, when's that Hannibal movie? You know the 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 Carthaginian uh, general movie coming out that he's supposedly been working on for the last. Oh, I don't know since Chronicles of Riddick. He stopped to make eighty Fast and Furious movies, and and, and a it, ton of money. Yeah, yeah, ton yeah of well. money. You got it. You got it. It's kind of like Kevin Smith said. You got to do the safe movie, then you can go off and do the artsy movie, and then you got to go and do it the studio's way, so you can go and do more movies. Yep. And then there's the one that you do to your friend because he says you owe him. <laughs> See a fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Will. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so. Okay, so Vin Diesel has Rock decided that he wanted to one-up Hugh Jackman. Is that what I'm hearing? Okay, I'll these, go with that. Can we I just mean, get these 50-year-olds to oil up and, and, and throw hands in an actual <laughs> boxing ring or something? I mean... Oh, we could, but that would be, like, very 2006, and it would be on Fox. Oh, Probably on, like, I, a Friday night at 8 o'clock. I don't know. It's, I mean, Paul is, like, punching people now. And he got seventy-five million dollars off that stupid thing, so they could one make minute, a lot of money. One minute, one minute and fifty-five seconds into the first round. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to get, just to give you an idea on this, though, uh, Kevin McKeon is going to run the project from Mattel Films, and Ryan Engel, who wrote Rampage, is writing the screenplay. Oh, Rampage! Oh boy. I saw a Rampage. I did too. Yeah. I don't know. It's horrible. It's a movie. <laughs> movie Pass. I can go see free movies. <laughs> Remember Movie Pass? Remember that? That was a something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. We had, didn't we, didn't we have one something like that? Like we used to, we used to go to the movies. There was movies outside of the house yes, a long yeah. time ago. We used to go to the really big buildings and lots of people inside yeah you yeah. sat asses to elbows with strangers and like shared popcorn <laughs> yeah yeah no we 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 got a because i if, if there is a rewards program i will belong to it joe has it yes <laughs> and i will use those points and i think we got like a I think Rampage we watched because like I got like a five dollar something for you know one uh one of the the Please by God come watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Fandango's uh streaming service. 
and we had like a five dollar credit. I was like, "You want to watch Rampage? It's got it's got The Rock and okay. CGI Gorilla." <laughs> I felt bad. The Rock plays The Rock plays the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Goodness gracious! Okay. So well, then, I, I then... have I have I have one last thing. Which um, we will have to, we, we must post the uh, the link to it. Uh, uh -oh. I put it in our chat. Feel uh -oh. free to click, but you don't, I, I would be, I, I, forewarning, once you click it, you will get lost in the endless depths of geekdom. Uh, 600 lots. If you've ever been to an auction, they could call lots. Uh, 600 lots of Star Wars and other uh, Hollywood acting memorabilia uh, owned by Darth Vader actor Dave Prowse is being auctioned off with a share of the profit going to charity. Uh, Prowse cry. died aged 85 in November after a short illness, but having lived with Alzheimer's for about 10 years. Items up for sale include rehearsal strip scripts from The Empire Strikes Back. Personal messages from Star Wars co-stars Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Uh, for those of you who are into British anything, uh, he was also Green Cross Codeman in the 70s. Uh, if you don't know it, look it up. It's humorous as hell and very educational. Uh, he was originally from Bristol. The former professional bodybuilder said that his role as the face of road safety was the best job he ever had. Yeah, <laughs> and not for nothing. In that outfit, you have to enjoy what the hell you're doing. Um, da, 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 da. Oh God! Friend and assistant Julian Owen took about two months to sort through all of the items at Prowse's London home. He said it was an honor to organize them after working with Prowse for more than a decade. Quote. Going through the collection has brought back a lot of great memories. We're expecting a lot of interest from around the world. Uh, it was so hard to see Dave's decline with Alzheimer's. We worked together most weekends, and every time I saw him, there would be less of him there. Uh, Mr. Owen said Prowse's wife, Norma, has, quote, said from the start she wanted some of the money to raise to go to Alzheimer's Research UK. Um, Tim Perry, Alzheimer's Research UK's director, said the charity can't thank Norma and Prowse uh, family enough for helping them in the auction, which will undoubtedly generate a huge amount of buzz in the Star Wars community. And let me tell you, it's raised a buzz in my room and how to find some money. Because good <laughs> God. Yeah, no, uh, the auction is being run by, I'm going to say this really, East Bristol Auctions. Go ahead and look it up. Like I said, Wolf. wolf post the links but just in case east bristol auctions uh you can bid until anybody want to guess may the 4th may the 4th yes there is a signed picture of patrick stewart to dave prouse that's just oh my god patrick stewart like there is brett spiner there oh. is uh James Dewan is in uh, there's James Dewan is in here. Um oh, there yep, there's yep. there there Leonard Darth Nimoy. Star Trek fan. Leonard Nimoy, uh Christopher Lee, uh God I could, I could go yeah. on and yeah, on yeah. and on. Six 
hundred, six hundred, six zero zero, six hundred lots. I mean, amazing. We, I, I will definitely include uh, the link to this in the show notes. Yes. Um, if, you, oh. if, if, if you have the money to to be able to bid, um, I, I think we can all say, uh, you know, Alzheimer's is one of those terrible, terrible yeah. conditions that, you know, not only takes, you know, not only takes the life of the person you love, but it takes the person you love as well. Yeah. This is, I mean, I am, I am just looking through this. I am in tears. This is some of the most incredible stuff I have ever seen. It's, it is really beautiful. Even if you can't bid on it, just go scroll, scroll, English is hard. Scroll through this incredible collection of stuff. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, I found, I found the one that if I was going to want, it's, a picture of Darth Vader with Boba Fett signed by both David Prowse and James Earl Jones. Just, oh. I would die a happy, happy <laughs> <geek>. oh, <wow. laughs> That's incredible. Oh, oh, my God. Then you have not gone through all of it. Then. Nope. There's so much stuff. There's so yeah, much Yeah, you cool have not stuff. gone through all of it yet. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. This uh, is just phenomenal thank you will for finding this yeah absolutely so cool you want next or, or or should i go uh i'll go i've only uh i've only got a couple of things uh this week um keeping with the uh <laughs> this is one of those dumb silly but keeping with the vin diesel theme mm-hmm. uh so apparently there's been a rumor running around for a while um because of of the ownership of both franchises of both the Fast and the Furious and Jurassic World, uh, that there's 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 been a rumor for a while that they want to do a crossover, and I'm just gonna let that sink in for a second. A Fast Here. and the Furious mm-hmm. Jurassic mm-hmm. crossover. I need to see this. Mm-hmm. This no happy. I need no. I need to see it. It's the dumbest shit ever. I want to see it. Um, apparently, Michelle Rodriguez is very excited about it. <laughs> well, yeah, she wants to do a show. She wants to, right? she wants a movie, man. She wants to get paid. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, so so apparently she is pushing to make it happen. Uh, it's a rumor. It's, it's Hollywood gossip at the moment. Um, but it has been kind of floating around the internet. So I thought, if I have to have that thought in my head, so do you. Oh God. Well, hey, if John Cena can, if John Cena can, uh, I, I, okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I, so I, I, I did. I, I, I did see something about uh, Fast and Furious director Justin Lin saying he, he, yep. he won't say no to it, but maybe he uh-huh. should. Maybe, maybe. I mean, <laughs> his his quote no, was, no. "Well, I'll never say you, never to you, anything." You make that movie, and you. Take that money. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you don't know if you're going to direct something again. Yeah. You go ahead and take all that money. And then, then you blame the studio or the script or whatever. And then yeah, you know. the movie. <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, the CGI's fault. I just, I couldn't help it. It was just such a, it's one of those, you know, the, uh, 
you know, I have this, I have a t-shirt that's like a pit bull riding a T-Rex with a unicorn in, be, behind a rainbow, like something like that. And I was like, this is just too funny. And, and now that image, and literally there's a picture of like Vin Diesel in like his dad's car with like a T-Rex next to him. And I'm like, I have to pass this absurdity on to the rest of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I believe in family. And getting away from that T-Rex. <laughs> and you know what? I have I have, I have questions. I have questions yeah. about the Jurassic franchise as it is, because now that we figured out that we had the arms on backwards on the T-Rex. <laughs> Did we figure that they- out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Wait uh, a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Because <laughs> I have a friend who has all these T-Rexes. Like, because uh-huh. they have really stubby arms. So... Everybody's T-Rex. <laughs> They're on yeah. wrong. Yeah, the, yes. the, the the T-Rex arms should be like the wing bones of ostriches and the other uh, large uh, flightless birds that we have existing today. If you take a look at the skeletal structure of their wings, their tiny little wings, it's 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 a T-Rex arm. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's so this just... entire time we've been doing it wrong. So wait a minute. So what does it actually look like? Now I'm confused. Like a giant thunder turkey. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that just they they uh, put the arms on backwards. Um, so now my question is. Oh, so since... they go up. They go up. They're like, they're what? Yeah, they go oh, up. Blown. Holy crap. <laughs> We, we See you are shitting geek news. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All of her T-Rexes are totally fucked. Yep. And, and oh apparently, god. according to the Washington Post, they hunt. They hunted in packs. Mm-hmm. Which that is just this. Yeah. That's that a frightening thought. <laughs> that is just a a terrifying idea. That you know these giant yeah. like ostriches. <laughs> Yeah. yeah I mean, so, are they going? If they do another Jurassic movie, are they gonna fix it? I want to know. Well, no, because remember, it's not one hundred percent dinosaur DNA. They screwed things up by adding the frog or the lizard or whatever. The DNA. Yeah. So. Yeah, but like nope. that doesn't account for the arms being on backwards. That accounts for them being able to like metamorph from male to female and like the whole life finds a way thing but i want to see him fix it i want to see them put a proper t-rex on screen no he's just gonna have a really sticky tongue now and it's gonna shoot out (laughs) it's it's still just a you know a 12 to 20 foot tall 9 to eighteen thousand pound pack hunting (laughs) chicken just not yeah. <laughs> yeah. T Rex thing up. I, I'm, I'm. Everybody, there's just all these little, you know, short hands things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It blows your mind. It, it, yeah. It took me a while to get over that one too. Um, but yeah. So I, I thought I would just give you all that that visual for fun. Um, and I had the other Vin Diesel. I was gonna do a Vin Diesel night. Uh, <laughs> um, but then. Uh, true to the tradition of Googling along with the geekiest um, and Kayla doing stories that are visual on a, a an all-voice podcast, 
Um, <laughs> what action figure are you going to gush over this week? Ah, ah you know me well. Um, it is the Ahsoka Tano and Grogu figure. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The, just is it the black series it's 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 hold on i gotta let me pull it up uh la, 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 la. cool new the mandalorian hot toy action figure featuring ahsoka tano and grogu um hot toys has revealed a new action figure for the mandalorian and this one features ahsoka tano and grogu rosario dawson was fantastic in the role of Ahsoka. Yes, she was. Um, she perfectly brought this character to life and this figure that was created in an awesome and detailed representation of that character. So it is the Ahsoka. It is Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Um, and it is okay by Hot Toys. It is stunning. It is just absolutely stunning. Um, I, I can't, like, it just... Uh, uh, it's kind of like I was with the Superman one. Like, it's just such a beautiful piece of work. And the detail and the the facial features and the way they did little Grogu is absolutely amazing. I'm going to put it in the chat so y'all can gush along with me. Joe got to me first. Uh, but there's the link to the article. Uh, guys, if you want to look this up, I'm, I am looking at it on... Uh, 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 Geek Tyrant, which is kind of I like them. They have a lot of really cool stuff, so go check it out. Uh, she's amazing. She is so, so, so cool. Um, <laughs> let's see. There's there's a fun quote. Uh, Grogu and I can feel each other's thoughts. In the wildly acclaimed The Mandalorian, our hero Din Djarin was requested to return the mystery mysterious baby grogu to his kind in his journey across the galaxy he was guided to seek out blah 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 i was telling the story we all know the freaking story um yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna get into all that um yeah it's this is just description i'm not even gonna get into the article y'all can read the article this is basically just description of what you're seeing uh but it is really beautiful um kudos to hot toys uh for putting this out uh she she is amazing looking um and i uh, man you know i was i'm gonna have to start collecting action figures again damn it uh, <laughs> did, you, did you see the price tag on her uh the article did not give me a price on this one uh, <laughs> according to slash films uh-huh it, it is available for pre-order and oh, you can no, get is it... the Hot Toys 2-pack of Ahsoka Tano and Grogu for the low, low price of $315. Damn it! Okay, I'm not collecting action figures. <laughs> wow. Shit. That light that she carries lights up. Actually lights up. Yeah. $350. Bucks. It better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um... Yeah, she's got lightsabers. She's got a coat. She's got all of her cool stuff. She's got a lantern that lights up. And Grogu is the most adorable thing ever. Um, yeah. I just, I had to, I had to bring that one to the attention of the masses. If anybody gets one, I want to play with it. Uh, she stands 11.22 inches tall. 
That's a good size one too. And uh, Grogu is uh, all of two, two point three six inches tall. So cute! Oh my goodness! Yeah, it looks like it looks like she might have a couple of expressions. Well, Joseph, you're only going to be able to go to like one or two stores now, <laughs> right? That's okay. The last action figure I covered was the the Christopher Reeve Superman. That was what did I say it was? It was like. It was some, it was like five hundred and something dollars. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Kudos to Hot Toys, but can we make these action figures affordable for the average person, please and thank you? Uh, the body has twenty eight points of articulation. Uh, Mine does. <laughs> newly developed head sculpt with separate eye with rolling eyeball features. Oh, that's oh great! So the thing can watch you now. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Five pieces of interchange, five pieces of interchangeable hands, including one pair of relaxed hand, one pair of lightsaber holding hands, and one right fist. Mm -hmm. uh, each head sculpt, especially hand painted. Uh, and then there's a bunch of costume pieces. My uh, parents would have gone broke if this came out when I was a kid. Two pairs of lightsabers, uh, the lantern, uh, the forest themed backdrop. Uh, you know, I, I miss. I miss um, going to the store, and I, I, I don't know where you guys got your, your action figures, but um, mine was at, like, a toy area in uh, Mervyn's, right? <laughs> it was just this little weird, like, toy area in the middle yep. of Mervyn's. And uh, they had all these – they had the Star Wars action figures, but they didn't have them all, and I, you'd have to hunt. Yep. Like, kind of like going through – like CDs now or, you know, or, or albums, you'd actually have to hunt for the ones you didn't have. And just like that, you know, trying to find something and, and looking for it. And there's, I, I don't know really where I'm going, but it's like, you know, you get to see this thing and you can pre-order it and you can order it online and everything. But there was just something about like the discovery of something that you didn't have and you didn't even know that you were looking for it that um that i miss it, that kind of an experience um mm -hmm. in the geek you know like when you just yeah, yeah. find something and you're just like oh my god i didn't even know this had this they had this and um oh, yeah. seems like something that we don't have anymore oh yeah as a kid i i had many times uttered the words mom they have the such and such action yeah. figure yeah. you know kind of a thing and my mother looking at me like i was crazy um <laughs> So it's either service merchandise or Zares. Yes. For for find go and you go to the toy department or the toy section and flip through all the the figures on cards and you know. Mm-hmm. Are, are you the, the only one that went to the toy store? Yeah. I mean, to yeah. Toys R Us was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was my mom like, would let me in there, like. <laughs> That there was, was there was two or three of us at, at 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 various points growing up. So Toys R Us was just kind of a yeah, we're not going. It was there. one of those stores that was always closed. <laughs> yeah, it was a chaos machine. It was just gonna like my kids are just gonna run around. I'm gonna have to try to find them. They don't. It's like they. My parents aren't looking for toys. I'm looking yeah. for toys. <laughs> yeah. They're looking to get Remember? out of there without having to mortgage the house. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's like I said, it's a very good thing that they didn't have this stuff when I was a kid because I would have made my parents crazy. 
But, you know, yeah. I found the toy section at Sears while dad was looking at tools, you know, yep. stuff like that. Um, yeah. Cause so you were it, both looking at toys. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the cool thing about my dad, though, is my dad would like, I would look at his cool toys and then he would come and look at my cool toys. Um, but my parents were a little hippie-ish and mm. were not big on commercial commercial toys a lot. Mm. Um, so, like, I didn't have Star Wars action figures or anything like that. Um, and my parents were a little old-fashioned as far as, like, the girl-boy thing. Because uh, my parents yeah. had me later in life. So I didn't have a lot of that stuff until I was grown up. Uh, okay, it's like, here's a stick. <laughs> yes, there was a lot of here's a stick. There was a lot of here's a rag doll your grandmother made. Yeah. There was, yeah, a lot of that stuff growing up. Yeah. But those sticks became swords, and I learned a whole new trade. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, you, you also were an only child. So, yeah, yes. here's a stick is not as nearly as, as, as dangerous as me growing up with the older brother. And here's a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Next thing you know, you're in the emergency room. Yeah. Uh, mom could bu- mom could butterfly that up. Yeah. Oh goodness. Anyway, you- so yeah, that's kind of what I had. Okay. Uh, was was just that stuff. So, um, you know, we we have educated our guest on the proper arm placement of T Rexes and yep, rolled yep. over a Sokatano. You're yep. up. So my turn. So I will start out uh, my my section of the Geek News Night with uh, sad tidings. Uh, actor uh, and stuntman Felix Silla uh, passed away at the age of 84. If that name is not well known to you, you might be familiar with uh, a character uh, that he is most famous for playing, and that would be Cousin It from the 1960s series The Addams Family. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as playing Cousin It, he also was uh, uh, Twicky, uh, Twiggy. ODX, Twiggy, mm-hmm. and ODX on Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Um, he also was in uh, such beloved movies as Star Wars Return of the Jedi as one of the Ewoks. He was Dink in Spaceballs, uh, and he was a stuntman on E.T., Poltergeist, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Howard the Duck, and Batman Returns. Yep, he was uh, a badass. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he uh, broke into Hollywood uh, as a stuntman for uh, child actors. He stood just under four feet tall and weighed about 70 pounds, um, and uh, he originated the role uh in uh this 20th episode of the Adams family uh with Aww. cousin it visits the Adams family uh born in Rome Italy he emigrated to the United States in 1955 where he worked as a circus performer with the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey show uh and then uh he moved to Las Vegas in 2003 played a mar- harmonica in a two person band uh, and survived by uh, his wife Sue and their children Bonnie and Michael. So, uh, wow! I That's... was a huge Buck Rogers fan. Uh, yes, and... you and I love Twiggy. Yeah. Oh my but god! The name we, is... we almost got to do a, a Buck Rogers movie. Um, the family that owns Buck Rogers was in in talks with uh, famous monsters to uh, uh, to to do a movie. Um, and it was so close to getting done. Um, oh, man. It was so, it, it was so close to like, 
we actually had we we had gotten the the money to get the rights and uh it fell through at the at the last hour but um yeah love buck rogers yeah cool. that was that uh, been super cool yeah that was a big chunk of my my childhood watching that um so moving on to uh more pleasant topics uh george miller has uh been talking about doing his Furiosa prequel for a few years now. Uh, but with uh, the, the Mad Max director has found his lead and he has set a production date with the shooting of the film to start taking place in Australia next year. Uh, at a press conference today, Monday, Miller with actor Chris Hemsworth, who also star in the film, uh, announced that Furiosa the Mad Max prequel will mm-hmm. star Chris Hemsworth uh, and will be Is shot Furiosa? in what? As Furiosa? Because that seems a little weird. No, I, I believe he is going to maybe be playing a different role. Oh, okay. Uh, because Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy oh. of The Queen's Gambit uh, has been cast as a younger ver- version of the titular hero first portrayed by Charlize Theron in the 2015 action-adventure classic. Hmm. Uh, he uh, Miller has not said who Hemsworth or also announced uh, Yahya, Yahya, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II will be playing in the upcoming movie. Hmm. Only that the, the thing is for sure, it will be a much longer saga than the previous Mad Max film. Uh, and as I said, they will be shooting in uh, New South Wales. Um, they are expected uh, for the impact to the area, uh, supporting more than 850 local jobs and bringing in 350 million Australian dollars to the economy. Yeah. And uh, while the first one was shot uh, primarily in uh, Namibia, uh, they are happy to be returning to Miller and Hemsworth, home country of Australia. Uh, Apparently, there is a sweet newly announced 40% tax break for uh, productions in Australia and New South Wales. So, yeah. Well, that's why, uh, well, one of the reasons why um, Marvel's going down there. But yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, they will start, uh, they'll start shooting. uh, I guess they're saying they have to start shooting a a key sequence for the upcoming movie before June 30th. so they're going to get that and uh they they're he's looking to do uh he's looking to make this a, a bit of a big big picture so uh furiosa is slated to drive into theaters june 23rd 2023 but as always release dates grain of salt Mean nothing yeah <laughs> talk about wibbly wobbly yeah um take the geek point <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I know we don't acknowledge the fourth one, but more news has come out about the fifth Indiana Jones film. Oh boy, continuation from last week. What do we got? Yeah. Well, uh, announced Friday was that Phoebe Waller Bridge, Emmy and Golden Globe winning star and creator of Fleabag and co-star of Solo, a Star Wars story has joined the cast for the upcoming film alongside Indy himself, Harrison Ford. Uh, okay. This is uh, Waller Bridges' uh, 
continued expansion into genre uh, genre uh, work. Uh, her other her others so far beyond being in the uh, being the voice of uh, the was it L three three seven in uh, Land and Solo. It should have been called Lando because I really loved his character. Uh, they're gonna do that. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna do everything. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, you know, she was in Killing Eve, uh, but she also uh, worked on the script for the upcoming sometime soon. We promise, we swear. Uh, James Bond, No Time to Die. Mm. Uh, she worked on the script for that. So uh, she says she is thrilled to be joining the cast uh, with Indie 5 director James Mangold. Uh, so that is uh, the other news coming out of uh, about the indie uh, movie is Legend. Legend doesn't seem strong enough. John Williams will return to score the fifth film. Uh, he'll return to score the fifth film more than 40 years after he first composed Indy's iconic main theme. Uh, Steven Spielberg stays on board uh, uh, as a uh, producer role, but he will not be directing as he did in the previous four. Um, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall are also producers. Oh, and there is a- another news on the Indy 5 crew. Oh. Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. Joined the cast as well. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he's he's excellent. Yes. I yes. saw something about that the other day. I think that was the thing that I said that I had forgotten something that I wanted to bring up was the Mads yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, so Mads, Mads is on it. Uh, and yeah, so... Um, am, am I the only one though who, if Mads re- doesn't play a villain, they really have done a terrible job at casting? Yeah, I mean, he he's a good villain. He's a really good villain. He's an excellent villain. <laughs> I mean, he's an excellent I mean, actor all around. We, yes, I, I, but but the man made Hannibal Lecter even better than Hannibal Lecter already was, and yeah. that's saying something. He is, he, he, yeah, there's just something very, I, I, sinister. Word, well, yeah, drippy. I would, I would say that <laughs> is much better. Um, <laughs> it kind of oozes out of him of kind of this, like, um, I don't know, this, this amazing, uh, in, inability to care. And it's, it's, it's just wonderful to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not yet. I don't think I've seen, usually I try to find like interviews with, with actors that I'm intrigued by to see like kind of what they're like outside of playing their characters. And I don't think I have watched one interview with him yet. I need to, I need to do that. I need to see what he's like outside of playing these incredible characters. Um, Does it say who he's playing? No, no details. That's why I'm saying if they are not cast him to be a villain. Indy's son. <laughs> Indy's son, and he's going to take over the franchise, and he's going to run. For shooting Indy in the chest. Yes. And he falls off a ledge or something. It's going to this, never to be seen from again. I love Indiana Jones and stuff. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't trust Kathleen Kennedy at all anymore. <laughs> oh, why, sir? Why? <laughs> no, I, I will defend that woman to the ends. Well, she, 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 she was kind of partly responsible for the crystal skull. So, yeah, you can, you can beat that horse as, as long as you want to, sir. Um, I, I have uh, watched other things happen, and. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a fan. So, but I you know the last one you know maybe it's maybe it's Rocky Balboa after Rocky Five, which was a really good movie. Um, you know Harrison Ford can still walk, so that's that's positive. Um, so as so as I recall, and I I, and I know we generally don't recognize the Crystal Skull here, but the Crystal Skull took takes place in like the 50s height of the cold war correct yes yeah so this movie would have to take place like either the 60s or 70s yeah you you, you can't go much further than that without like indy being a lich his whip uh, is one of his phylacteries <laughs> um, big point thank, thank you sir you. um for both of us yeah. So I have my last <laughs> my last bit of uh, of of news. Um, so director uh, Andy uh, Muschietti uh, celebrated today, Monday, April nineteenth, that uh, production began on the Flash movie. Uh, it, you know, it, it's been a little bit to get this to production. I mean, you know, global pandemic and all that. Uh, so actual footage was being shot for a movie. Um, and so he posted, uh, opening title card on, uh, Warner brothers posted opening title card thing on their, uh, Twitter today. Ah, okay. Um, as long as these... Michael Keaton's in it, I, I will, I will partake. Yes. Uh, it is being written by, uh, Christina Hodson, who is a writer of birds of prey. Uh, and it is expected that this will draw upon the Flashpoint uh, storyline in which Barry Allen alters the fabric of the universe by traveling back in time uh, to stop his mother's murder. Uh, and when you do that, bad can't, things happen. Can't, can't, you can't, can't do that. Uh, Look at the time, the time machine. Time machine. For a reason. Really freaked out about time travel. Like it really... Really <laughs> snotty about my time travel. <laughs> there are rules. Um, in my former life, I studied philosophy of mathematics and logic and and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I get really, I get really anal retentive about my my um, my uh, meddling with time. Yeah, it's 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 a thing for me. But anyway, I'll, I'll let that go for right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Keaton's in it, and as long as my. Yeah, Michael Keaton will be will be in it. Uh, his his representation has uh, confirmed that. Uh, yes. Ben Affleck is also supposed to be back in. Uh, Kersey Clemens, who uh, if you have seen the uh, the restored Snyder cut, uh, she will also be reprising her role as Irish Iris West. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's. The film is being scored by Benjamin Walfish, who has done Mortal Kombat and has worked with Muschietti before. Uh, so, yeah, they worked together on uh, 
2019's Shazam. Uh, and The Flash, of course, Barry Allen is played by Ezra Miller. So that should be hitting movie theaters. And I'm betting HBO Max, November 4th, 2022. Asterisk dates may change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that is all I have. One more breaking news, and you can edit this if you'd like, Joe. E. This broke like 45 minutes ago. Oh, shit. Uh, Walter Mondale died. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. oh. Wow. That sucks. 93. Yeah, he, he, he wow. definitely had a good life. It's funny when some of these come up, like you'd, you forget how long. You know, some mm-hmm. of these people that are just, we take it for granted. They're household names. They're just always going to be there. And then you hear that one of them passed and you're like, no. And it's like, but they were 204. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was 93. It's like, all right. Yeah. Okay. You know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Under all Jimmy right. Carter. Vice President. Yeah. Under Jimmy Carter. And yeah. Jimmy Carter's still going. That guy's still building houses out there. Yeah, he's still building houses in Georgia. He falls, breaks a hip. They give him a new one. He's back to he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's the boy a saw. It's amazing. He um, I I lived in uh, Atlanta for a little bit, and his presidential library is there. And like you know, people you know, as a president, he, he you can have your opinions, but as like a humanitarian afterwards, that dude has been amazing. Yeah. Like, like, do you just kind of like you go through it and you're like, okay, you know, his, you know, his, his presidency and stuff. And then there's just all this stuff that he's done afterwards, you know, and, and you're just like this guy and, and, and his wife. And it's just, it's, yeah. it was phenomenal just to kind of, cause you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know a lot about Jimmy Carter, but going to his, um, that museum was fast and he's still going, the guy's still going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my goal in life is to be one one hundredth of the man that Jimmy Carter is. Right. Yeah. If I can do that, I will be. I will be successful in my life and leaving the world a better place. No, absolutely. That dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the guy was ahead of his time. Uh, Carter, like he put solar panels up on top of the White House to, you know, to to promote solar energy during you know the the energy crisis of the late 70s i mean yeah uh, um and uh yeah walter mondale was uh 1984 ran for president it was not a no it's not a good campaign no no Uh, but uh he was uh he was also a senator for many years as well as i recall yeah, back when people actually talked to each other. Oh, sorry, I'm not. No, 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 <laughs> no. I know. I'm not. No. Well, Goodness before gracious. we before we trot on to those landmines, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. right. Uh, let's let's go to the big board to see who is the geekiest this week. Uh, Three guesses. Board. The first two don't count. <laughs> it was actually a closer race than usual this week. Um, I think that uh, we all kind of got absorbed in conversation and we're not handing out geek points as freely as we normally do. But uh, coming out ahead in first place with seven geek points is our illustrious guest, Dan. (laughs) Dan, you are the geekiest. You're a winner. 
<laughs> um, coming in second, tied with three good points apiece is Joe and Will. I got my <laughs> and I am right behind them with two. So yeah, we did we did good this week. We all kind of. Last, last week I tied with Tom. <laughs> I think was the last week I tied with Tom. Yeah, I think you guys tied. Yeah, very cool. Joe, tell him what he's won. Uh, well, Dan, uh, as the geekiest, uh, it is your right, responsibility, privilege, and obligation to let the folks know where they can find your stuff. Uh, as this podcast will be coming out on Thursday, there yes. will be several more days left on your yeah. Kickstarter. Yes, please so. go check out Dan's Kickstarter <laughs> and what he's doing. It is incredible. Okay, so, um, all right, this is the tough part. I got to remember things. Um, uh, so it's at, all right. The, the name of the book is the zombie game. So the Kickstarter is, is, is at the zombie game and you can find us, wait a minute at, on Instagram at the zombie game. And uh, the bitly link is B I T dot L Y slash the zombie game. Um, my wife did this because she knew that I did not remember anything else. <laughs> 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 Uniformed it all. So it was Dan proof. And thank God she did because she's not here. And I would have just told her, like, looked at her and she would have taken over because I wouldn't have known what to say. So thank God she was smart enough to get all the same things. Uh, but yes, the and you can also check us out. We just started uh, the first. So the book got caught up into two um, parts, uh, two seasons for uh, Macroverse. And you can find us at uh, on Macroverse 2 at The Zombie Game. So um, take a look. Uh, once again, I know it's hard to remember, but it's The Zombie Game. And uh, uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you so much. And I'm, I'm so shocked that I am the winner. And I want to thank all the people that made this possible, including Steven Spielberg and a lot of other people that made stuff that I loved. Um, and, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I, 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 I'd say I thank my mom, but I really don't like her. And uh, <laughs> uh, when we strike up the award show orchestra. <laughs> Get him off! Get him off! Get the big giant hook thing! Thank you very much. Oh, you were an absolute delight. Thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. Well, thank you so um, much for having me. Will, where can people find you online? Really, really easy as well. Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter at Will. Hey. Hey, Joe. Yes. Where can all of our wonderful listeners find you on Interwebernets? Uh, well, if you're on Twitter and you want to follow me there, which I'm not really sure why you do. I don't really post a whole lot there. Uh, you can find me at Demorgus. That's D-E-M-O-R-G-U-S. Uh, however, if you would like to follow this podcast across social media where we do post things on occasion, uh, Dan, I, 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 I think I, I take a same page from, from your wife's playbook uh, you can find us at the geekiest pod across all of the social medias uh, that's genius genius you can also you can also email us at the geekiest pod at gmail.com 
Um, if you would like some of our sweet, sweet geekiest pod merchandise, uh, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the geekiest pod, uh, where, yeah, I know where we have the five headed logo and we have the hashtag geek point, uh, merch. So, uh, go there, buy some cool stuff, help support the show. Um, I, I, you can also find me as the DM of our fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, not safe for wizards. Um, where each week I try to traumatize the players. Uh, so far, so good. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you can find me behind the counter at a certain thrift store that Kayla will tell you more about right now. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, down the list. Um, you can uh, find my Twitter account. I'm not going to say you can find me because I'm never there, but you can find my Twitter account at Hawk underscore Kayla. You can find uh, me on Instagram at Geekiest Kayla, which is kind of my hub for all things geeky. Um, you can find me playing the aforementioned uh, uh, show Not Safe for Wizards as, as Jade the Halfling. Um, and you can find me at our fun little geeky, witchy, eclectic thrift shop where I upcycle weird things into other weird things uh, at 4148 Davy Road in South Florida. If you are in the area, if you are not in the area, uh, you can find us online at secondhandgoddess.net. Um, where you can find our eBay stores uh, and also our merch page as well. And there are, you know, as we say, things are coming, things are in the works. Um, don't hold your breath on any of that stuff, but eventually there will be more content uh, for Joe and I. Uh, and I think that's it. I think. So, uh, as if that wasn't enough. Yeah. Right? Um, oh, and by the way, what's going on with uh, Craig? Come on, Craig. Craig is still recording. Craig's still here. All right. Um, all right. Craig. Doing his job. Have my eye on you, man. Um, so, uh, for those of you keeping score at home, Kayla and I have got our first uh, first uh, version. Uh, first, we got our first vaccine shot last week. So did Will. Uh, right? Yep, Will did too. Will did too. Um, so uh, it's it's vaccination has opened up to uh, those I believe now sixteen and over. Yeah. Uh, so find a place, get vaccinated, please. Um, but until yeah. the pandemic is over, please continue to follow all of the CDC guidelines. Uh, do the social distancing, wear a mask or two, uh, wash your hands, uh, use sanitizer. As Pete would say, don't be a dick. Um, as always, this podcast believes that Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and love is love. We thank you for listening this week, and we look forward to you listening next week. Hey, Will. I really miss when you're here when you're here because I say it and I don't think I say it as well as you do. Leave the world a better place than you found it. That's right. Hell yeah. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, co-workers whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture uh that would definitely help us thanks for listening
The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.